tonight. James chapter 3. Great Adrian Rogers said about the book of James, if you want a spiritual beating, read James. But if you obey the book of James, you'll be blessed. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, a mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, and that they may obey us, and we may turn their whole body. Behold, also ships, which, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So it is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell." For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God out of the Same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Gracious Father, again, we thank you for this time. We pause and ask God that that you'd bless the reading and the preaching of your word. Speak to us and help us, Lord, in this area of the tongue. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When you go to the doctor, they examine you by looking at your tongue to see how you're doing physically. But spiritually, if you want to know how mature you are, you check your tongue. The Bible says here in chapter 3, verse 1, my brethren, again, James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, talking to believers in Jesus Christ, be not many masters. Be not many teachers. Why? Because we who teach and we who preach are going to be under a stricter condemnation because we teach and preach, thus we speak so much. Oftentimes, what is our greatest asset is our greatest liability. Amen? 
Amen. So tonight, I want to look at a few things. First of all, the discipline of the tongue. The discipline of the tongue. The Bible says here in James chapter 3, that first of all, we have this discipline of the bits. We put bits in the horse's mouth. They may obey us and turn about the whole body. Now, a bit is a small thing, but small things, uh, big things come in small packages, right? You've heard that commercial before? I remember when I was in uh, uh, Jasper, Georgia. I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, but I had a friend of mine who lived in Jasper, Georgia on a ranch of about 30 acres, and he had horses. Now, I'm just basically a, basically a city slicker, and I didn't know anything about horses, except for a horse, you say, whoa, and go. <laughs> That's what John Wayne did, right? Go and whoa. <clears throat> so he said, Marty, get on the horse and ride it. I said, okay. I'm going to ride the horse. And I was so excited just to get on the horse. I missed all the instruction about here's the reins and here you turn the reins and here this way, you turn this way, he goes this way, you turn this way, he goes that way. I missed all of that because I was just excited to first time get on a horse except for, you know, when I was a kid, you get on those ones and somebody holds it and they walk you around. But that's not riding a horse. So my friend says, just jump on it now and hold the reins and everything will be all right. I jump on the horse, and as soon as I get on the horse, it's going right to the feed stable. Well, that was pretty fun, except for when I looked at the feed stable, there was some barbed wire hanging down. And I thought, I'm going to die or I'm going to dive. And I wasn't going to die at 12 years old. I dove off that horse, and I hit the ground. But that helped me realize these little bits that are in the horse's mouths are important. You have to actually use your reins, not just say, whoa. <laughs> that didn't work too good. The Bible says that horses have bits, and though they be small, they're very important. The same way with the rudder. It's a small thing, just a rudder on a ship, rudder on a boat. Seems like just a small, insignificant thing, but that rudder controls the entire ship, and without it, there'd be chaos on a boat, wouldn't it be? We see this discipline of boats. Though they be small, the bits and the helm, they help direct the life. And so it is with our tongue. Your very direction of your life can be seen in what you say and what you don't say. Really, really the character of your own life is determined by this small little member of our body called the tongue. All of us in this room can think of people from our past, maybe great in so many areas, but they could not control their tongue. And because they could not control their tongue, it got them in so many areas of trouble in their family, in their work, and really in their life, because they could not control that one small member called the tongue. There must be a discipline of the tongue. But throughout this rest of the chapter, we see a scary description of the tongue. First, we see in verse 5 and 6, that this tongue, though it be a little member, the Bible says, behold, 
how great a matter a little fire kindleth. It just takes a little spark. Just one word. And sometimes it's not what you say, it's when you've said it. Many of you ever said anything to your wife, not bad, but you just said it at the wrong time. You guys are quiet tonight now. Somebody, somebody help me out here. You guys are real quiet tonight. <laughs> Ladies, you better say amen. Somebody says amen. <laughs> but I've said things sometimes, you know, and, and not thinking, and maybe it was an okay thing to say, but it just it wasn't the right time to say it. And sometimes it's the right thing to say and it's the right time to say, but sometimes it's the way in which I said it. What we say, when we say it, how we say it are all vital when we're talking to other people. Because one word, wrong time, wrong way can start a fire. In my bedroom... I don't know why my parents did this, but they gave me the bathroom instead of my sister. I don't really know why. I guess I was born first. I got the bathroom. But you know, when I was about six or seven years old, I started playing with matches. You know, this is something kids do, and kids don't do it. But I just started playing with matches. <laughs> do what I say, don't do what I did. <laughs> I just started playing with matches. And one day, I had this, uh, I had the matches, and I just, you know, I just, you know, you just, and, and I, for some reason, I thought, well, you know, it started getting down to my finger, and I said, I got to get rid of it. And I threw it in the wastebasket, but it was a wicker wastebasket. And all of a sudden, that little flicker became, got with the, the trash inside the wicker basket, and I went from, oh, that's nice, to, Mama, help me! Because <laughs> I'm going to burn down the house. But it all started with a little flame. It all starts with a little spark. Think about this story tonight. Mr. Sparks is down at the Metro Diner, and he's getting ready to eat his business and gravy, like we're going to do tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. But Mr. Sparks is enjoying his business and gravy so much that he forgets the time. He's got a meeting up here off of Colonial Boulevard, and he's supposed to be there at 9 o'clock, but he leaves 10 till 8. He ain't going to make it, right? But he tries to. He drives 90 miles up 75 trying to get to Colonial on time. But Mr. Police Officer pulls him over and says, do you know how fast you're going? And gives him a tongue lashing, and Mr. Sparks isn't very happy. So he calls Mr. Secretary. And says, Mr. Secretary, why didn't you call me and tell me that I need to be there? If you'd have called me and told me that I need to be there a certain time, I wouldn't have got late. I wouldn't have had a ticket, and I would have been able to be there on time, and I would have been okay. Mr. Secretary hangs up the phone and says, I can't believe Mr. Sparks would call me. I can't believe he'd call me and, and upset me. And I've been so good to Mr. Sparks. I've done so, so much for Mr. Sparks. I've been here. I've been faithful. I've been doing this for all these years. I can't believe it. In walks in Mr. Janitor. Mr. Janitor walks in and Mr. Secretary says, Mr. Janitor, I've been watching you. You know what? You've not been doing too good around here. I've been picking up after you. I've been taking care of you. I've been doing all this stuff for you. Do you know how hard I have to work as a secretary? Do you know all that I have to do? Do you realize my chores? You know I have to take care of Mr. Sparks. I can't do your job too. 
So Mr. 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 Janitor says, Ah, oh, that secretary, she's always, he's always getting on me. He's always reminding me of things I need to do, frustrating me. Man, to work over this place and to pick up all these people and do all this stuff, it sure is frustrating. I got to be here every day from this time to that time, and nobody else in this whole place works like me. Mr. Janitor goes home and sees Tommy on the floor with ripped jeans and says, Tommy, I see you there with that ripped jeans. How many times have I told you, son, don't wear the ripped jeans? I cost all types of money to get those jeans. Now I'm going to get a patch for you. You're going to be in trouble, son. You go up there and you don't get a bite of supper tonight. Go up there and think about what you've done and think about how you're going to pay for that patch on your, on your jeans. And as soon as Tommy gets upstairs, he sees the old Tomcat come out the door. Tomcat does what Tomcat does. He's asleep. He crawls out of that boy's bed. And Tommy sees a Tomcat and says, Tomcat, I've told you over and over and over, don't sleep on my bed. You leave hair on my bed and hair on my bed. And he kicks the cat right down the stairs. Now, wouldn't it have been a whole lot easier if Mr. Sparks went to Tommy's house and just kicked the cat himself? <laughs> have you ever been in one of those situations? We're all guilty, right? We've all been there. We've all been Mr. Sparks in our lives. If we had just taken the time to eat the gravy and biscuit and looked at our watch, None of the things that happened after would have happened. But you know what? Just like a fire, it just takes a little bit of a spark. Just, just, just a little bit, just a little bit of fire. And though it's a, it, it, it causes such great combustion and destruction that it can destroy. The Bible says not only is a fire, it's a world of iniquity. Verse 6. The Bible says in Psalm 141, 141, 3, David's prayer, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. It's so easy to, for things to, to come out of our mouth. And once they come out of our mouth, they're like feathers in a windstorm. You cannot, no matter how much you try, gather them back in. They're a world of iniquity. The Bible says it's untamed. That any animal of the kingdom can be tamed, but the tongue cannot be tamed. It's set on the fire of hell. Verse 8, it's unruly. It's like a dangerous animal seeking its prey. Without the control of the tongue from the Holy Spirit, it's going to do mischief, it's going to be restless, and it's going to ruin the lives of people all around it. Number letter Number eight, letter E, verse 8C, the tongue is full of deadly deceit like a poisonous snake. You said, well, that, that snake, you know, it's just a little snake. Brother Chris down here, he hates all snakes. <laughs> if there's a snake on property, it's not going to be, well, look at the pretty snake. No, it's a dead snake. <laughs> not red on black or black on red. No, it's just dead. Now, how many of us would take a snake and say, well, you know, I'm just going to pet the snake, and it's a pretty snake, and I'll wear the snake, and I'll take the snake on. No, we're going to kill the snake. 
Because I don't know and I forget the red on black and happy jack and all that kind of stuff. I just don't, I don't want to mess with it at all. <laughs> I don't want to be around it. Because I don't want to be playing with it and then bite me and say, well, I shouldn't have played with the snake. But sometimes we are loose with our lips, aren't we? We say things we shouldn't say to people we shouldn't say. We spread things we shouldn't say. And it winds up causing us problems. We see, first, the discipline of the tongue. But not only that, a terrible description of the tongue, but sadly, the destruction caused by the tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Think about people in your past who've hurt you from their words. And think about people in your past who helped you with their words. I maybe shared this before, but I played football in high school at the end of my junior year. In the middle of my junior year, I became a Christian. But in the fall, I played football, and I was kind of small and skinny back then and uh, played safety and sometimes wide receiver. But I had a coach named Coach Stovall. At the end of the season, I was in the locker room, and I was putting up my, putting up my jersey, putting up, turning thing, everything in, and Coach Stovall said to me, Marty, I want to appreciate, appreciate the fact that you came in every day, you, you worked hard, you did your best, and you didn't get to play a whole lot. But I tell you what, if you come back next year, your senior year, there's no telling what you can do for this team. You know what? Those words that he said to me were so encouraging, so, such, much, such, so, such a blessing to my life. And I can remember those words, though those words were 30, over 30 years ago. I still remember Coach Stovall and the words that he said to me. Though, man, it was a tough year. And, man, I complained a lot of times because I didn't get to play. But the fact that he noticed me and encouraged me helped me greatly in my life. Folks, we have the power of life and death in our tongue. Our words matter. Our words can slander others. Slander is when you say something that's untrue to dismirch, besmirch or hurt the character of other people. If we, if we say things that are untrue to hurt the character of other people, it's slander. It's terrible. It ought, it ought not to be done among believers in Jesus Christ. Even if it's true, sometimes it may be true, but just because it's true doesn't need to be said. Someone once said to me, Marty, don't always speak the truth. But when you do speak, speak only the truth. Sometimes we know things are true and it'd be easily said because we want to tell somebody. But sometimes that's the very thing we should not say. See, sometimes it's not what we say that gets us in trouble. It's sometimes what we don't say that gets us in trouble. Our words can slander others. Our words can destroy others. Proverbs eleven nine: a hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. I think about the fire in Chicago. 1871, according to tradition, Mrs. O'Leary goes outside and checks on the, on the cow, and the cow knocks over the lamp. Because of a one little lamp, Chicago is burned. 
100,000 people were homeless. 300 people died. 1,750 buildings were destroyed, all because of one fire. The tongue does damage. What are some ways that we can tie up the loose end of our tongue? Well, first of all, think before you speak. Think before you speak. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 20, Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than him. Before we say it, let's think about it. Secondly, speak sparingly. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 27, He that hath knowledge spareth his words. The more we speak, the more we tend to get in trouble. We have to be careful, not just what we say, but the abundance of what we're saying. Thirdly, as I mentioned before, speak the truth. Proverbs 29, 5, a man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. But be careful that we speak, yes, encouraging words, but not flattering words to get something or to self-promote ourselves by saying such words. Speak encouraging words. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, The Lord God hath given the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning, he waketh my ear to hear as he learn. Do we seek out people on a regular basis to encourage them? On a weekly basis, do you speak more encouraging words or more discouraging words? Do you speak words of praise to encourage, or do you speak more words to damage? Ask yourself that question tonight. We must speak consistent words. James chapter 3, verse 10, Out of the mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. They should be consistent. If we went to the water fountain behind us and drank of the water, we would hope we'd get cool, fresh water, Right? If you press the button and you got salt water, you probably never would go back again. Sometimes we wonder why people don't want to be around us. Maybe it's because of our words. Speak words that are acceptable to God. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We, also, we oftentimes pay attention to big things, but God pays attention to small things. Small things that we say, small things that we mutter, small things that we whisper. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, speaking to the Pharisees, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Those are sobering words. How many idle words do we say in a week? How many idle words do we say in a day? Verse 37, Jesus says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. 
You see, when it comes to our tongue, the problem really isn't with our tongue. The problem is with our heart, right? It's out of the heart. Jesus said it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I recognize as a Christian, when I'm not right with God, I can see it and hear it with my tongue. When I'm not right with my brother and sister in Christ or with my neighbor or with those around me, I can hear it and those around me can hear it with my tongue. Folks, that's why we must have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the importance of communion, that we come on a monthly basis and we examine ourselves and we ask ourselves, we ask God, God, am I rightly related to you? Is there any sin between me and thee? And then we ask the the second question, which is very important as well. Lord, how's my relationship with my brother and sister in Christ? How's my relationship with my physical brother and sister and father and mother and cousin and neighbor and friend? How are those relationships? Because if those relationships are broken, if there's bitterness in the in the heart of, our, of us, our, us individually, it will come out of the mouth. The heart must be changed. The heart must be clean. The heart must be right. Change the heart. The tongue is clean. When the heart is dirty, then the mouth is dirty. Oh, the Gospel Baptist Church will be known for giving the gospel. May we never be known for gossiping. May Gospel Baptist Church be known for encouraging one another instead of eviscerating each other with our tongue. May we be known for holding forth the light and the truth of the gospel instead of putting people down. I wonder if there would be people here this morning or people here tonight if it weren't for our own words. I heard recently of a guy who was a football player out west in a small little tiny college. And he kept saying, Coach, I'll never make it. I'll never make it to the big leagues. I'll never make it to the NFL. And he said this over and over. And though he was talented and though he was gifted and he was a big, strong lineman, He kept saying, I'll never be able to do it. I'll never be able to do it. The coach looked at him one day and said, Son, you can if you will. Some of you are out there saying, I struggle with my tongue, and I'll never be able to control it. I say things I shouldn't say. I I gossip. I slander. I hurt. I know I shouldn't, but I do it anyway. May God get a hold of our hearts and tongues. And if we're struggling, may we recognize that by the grace of God, we can. We can. If we will. God can change our hearts and our tongues if we ask Him. Gracious Heavenly Father, every one of us struggle in this area to some degree or not. I pray the Holy Spirit of God that you would help us, Lord, to examine ourselves tonight, to be honest, 
to not think about the person in front of us or behind us or across the way, not to think about people who are here or not here, but God, may we seriously examine ourselves and ask ourselves, Lord, how's my tongue? More importantly, how's my heart? Am I right with you, God? Am I right with others? Am I known for saying things I shouldn't say? Am I known for talking too much and hurting other people? Oh God, if it's true, help me to change. May the change begin in me. I confess I failed in all these areas from one time or the other. Continue to work in my heart, in my life, that I'd be the Christian that I ought to be. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for mercy and grace. And I pray, God, we would come to you and cling to you for help in this area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.